This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing making people's lives better. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's often said that the first work week after the holidays is the most depressing time of year. One reason is that it's high season for marital breakups, and more and more people are deciding to split after 20, 30, or even 40 years of marriage. Today, I'll talk to Risa Eisen, a mediator who helps couples navigate the unique challenges of a growing trend, gray divorce. Plus, this week, Rod Stewart celebrated his 69th birthday. The Zoomer icon is one of the best-selling musical artists of all time. Today, we'll revisit his career from his early days with the Jeff Beck Group to his recordings of the Great American Songbook and his recent return to original songwriting. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. You've probably heard the argument that Zoomers should be retiring to make room for millennials in the workforce. Now a new study underscores the flaws in that idea. Researchers and economists in the United States looked at current population survey data to test for any changes in employment among people under 55 as the over 55 demographic worked in larger numbers. They found no evidence that younger workers were losing out on jobs because of the increase in older workers. In fact, the overall increase in all workers helped strengthen the economy, drive down unemployment rates, and provided better wages for all generations. German prosecutors have charged an 88-year-old former member of Hitler's elite Waffen-SS for taking part in a World War II massacre of hundreds of French villagers. In June 1944, SS soldiers stormed the small village of Oradour-sur-Glane in central France and within a few hours killed 642 men, women, and children. The men were herded into barns and shot dead while the women and children were burned alive in the village church. The suspect, only known as Werner C., is accused of shooting 25 men with a machine gun, as well as helping burn down the village church. Other SS soldiers who took part in the massacre faced trials shortly after the war, but because Werner was only 19, his charge was lost in the Young Offenders Court. Now, nearly 70 years later, the Young Offenders Chamber will decide whether or not to open proceedings against the aged accused. If you suffer from migraines, positive thinking just might help you get through your next episode. A quirky new study suggests patients' expectations can make a big difference in how they feel after treatment for a migraine. Boston researchers recruited several dozen patients and gave them either a real medication or a dummy pill. Patients reported more pain relief when they accurately believed they were taking the real drug. But even the placebo offered some pain relief when patients thought it was the real thing. 
And finally this week, Canadian broadcasting pioneer Jean Kane passed away at the age of 90. She was instrumental in the creation of this radio station, AM740. Jean Kane and her husband Howard worked at a radio station in Hamilton when they dreamed of one day owning their own station. That dream came true when they were granted a broadcasting license and put CHWO Radio in Oakville on the air in 1956. Following the death of her husband in 1967, Mrs. Kane took over the family business and in 2000 was granted the AM740 frequency by the CRTC. The station became AM740, primetime radio, with music, personalities, and features aimed at older listeners. In 2008, AM740 was sold to Moses Neimer, who recognized its accomplishments, realized its potential, and rebranded it as Zoomer Radio with its focus on the 45-plus audience. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. If giving back is one of your New Year's resolutions, you may be able to learn something from a savvy 17-year-old about how to get it done. As we speak, about 400 grade 11 and 12 students are playing dodgeball and basketball at Toronto's Hoop Dome. They each raised a minimum of $80 to participate, and before they're done, it's expected to add up to $80,000 for Pancreatic Cancer Canada. Compete for the Cure is the brainchild of 17-year-old Lauren Clarfield, whose father, Michael, is one of the few survivors of this terrible disease. We chatted while she was putting the finishing touches on the event. My father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um, five years ago, and at the time I didn't really realize it because I was 12, but um, as of in the ensuing years I have been reflecting on the incident more and realized how lucky I am to have him be one of the few survivors. What made you reach out to high school students? Um, I, like, have participated in a lot of cancer um, fundraising events, but as I sort of looked around, like, I participated in the Ride to Hogger Cancer. Um, I know that my father goes to the Pancreatic Cancer um, Golf Tournament, but there aren't a lot of youth involved in those tournaments, or in those events, sorry, and so I wanted to create a youth-oriented event to raise money for Pancreatic Cancer Research. How much money do you expect to raise? This morning, we actually hit $70,000, and we are expecting to raise um, 80000 if not more, by the event. How did you uh, publicize it? When I thought of the event, I reached out to 12 of my friends, just at different high schools, asking if they thought they would, that they could get a team from their school and that they'd be interested, and everyone um, gave me new, new names of people at other high schools, and I've just reached out to everyone through Facebook, and now we have this sort of one central Facebook event, which all the information um, goes through. Here you are, you're a high school student, and uh, you just did this thing. Facebook's sort of responsible for the whole thing. I mean, not responsible, like, it's, it was fundamental for the creation of this event. It, all, it would not have been possible without social media, which is just really interesting to know that that's where our world's headed and how a charity event, like, reaching out to, you know, 400 high school students has been able to happen in, you know, just a few months where it would never have been able to happen before social media was so present. You can still make a donation at competeforthecure.com. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Ask any divorce lawyer, and they'll tell you the same thing. January is the busiest month, and many of the people who want to split up are Zoomers. 
Gray divorce is a growing trend, and in just a moment, I'll talk to Risa Eisen, a mediator who specializes in helping older couples end their relationship. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. This week started with Divorce Monday. That's the UK's official moniker for the day when most divorce petitions are filed. A growing number of those petitions on both sides of the pond are from Zoomers who've been married for decades. The phenomenon is called gray divorce, and mediator Risa Eisen is an expert at helping older couples get through it. She dropped by the Zoomerplex to tell us more. (laughs) Is it a matter of waking up one morning and thinking, I only have so much time left and I'm not spending it with him? You know, I don't think it's quite as surface as that. I think it's people have actually maybe been thinking about it for a while. And something tends to happen in life. I find that when there's a transition, so for example, when kids are going off to school and it just leaves the two people in the house together, that might be something that causes one of the people to say, you know what, I think this isn't the life that I want to lead. We're hearing more about retirement. When the husband, in this case, let's say the husband is retiring and comes back home and is there all the time, it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. And so many women feel like suddenly they're being micromanaged or they're being you know, involved in a situation where they had certain freedoms or they created their lives in different ways. Now they have to change that. You know, it's interesting. I just read that in Japan, they actually have a name for that syndrome. They call it the uh, husband at home stress or something uh-huh. like that. It's a big transition. Mm-hmm. And uh, why now? Why in January? There's really never a good time to start to think about divorce and to start to plan it. Um, it, There's always a holiday or a birthday or something coming up where people say, you know, I can't do it now, I can't do it now. But I I have a feeling that probably after the holidays are done, uh, people are getting back into their lives and and reevaluating. I guess uh, there's probably less of a stigma now because, I mean, it used mm-hmm. to be like it would bowl you over when you hear about people who've been together 20, 30, sometimes exactly. even 40 years. You're splitting up now. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it, it's interesting. We're the baby boomers are the very first cohort that have actually had, if you will, the luxury to think that we have 20, 30, 40, hopefully a very long time still to go When do people go to a mediator instead of going to a lawyer and and starting a process that's a little more adversarial? Well, you know, there's a lot to deal with at a point of divorce. Um, There's the legal aspects. There's the financial aspects. There's the practical aspects. Where am I going to live, for example? There's the social aspects. What's my life going to look like now socially? There are a lot of aspects and stages to go through in order to go through a divorce. And so I think, you know, people who are thinking about that really do need to check in and talk to a lawyer and get legal advice about all of the aspects of a divorce that that are impacted by the the law and by their rights. Um, At the same time, I think a lot of people don't want to be very adversarial. They want to see if they can work it out cooperatively. Now, that's a tricky one because often it's one person making the decision for the divorce and another person who doesn't want it. So you don't have people at the same place um, or on the same page, if you will. But I think mediation is really helpful when people want to work this through, talk it through, 
really appreciate that there is an emotional component to this. It's not just a you know dollars and cents issue, and especially with long-term divorce, these are people who have had a very long history together. Uh, I saw some statistics on who initiates the divorce, and it seemed that the older the couple is, the more likely the woman is to initiate the divorce. Mm -hmm, That's the statistic. Why? You know, I think it goes back to a time when women started to realize that they had some choices and that women are not maybe as financially dependent as they were in the past. So they have more options. And the idea of staying with your partner or your husband because that was where the financial security was is not as prevalent right now. And and also I think women who have been in a, in a role and in a situation where uh, maybe they haven't had the same kind of pursuits or freedom that they've really wanted, they want to take that now. They see that for the rest of their life, they really want to pursue, you know, different things in their life. Um, I have an example of a client who became very, very interested in a spiritual life. And she pursued that, and it wasn't something that her husband was interested in at all. And they just could not find a way to kind of bridge his interests and her interests. And so she asked to for the divorce. What advice do you have to people who are either there or on the cusp of there? Divorce is not necessarily a solution in the way people think it's going to be. It might ultimately be the right thing, but people need to really recognize there's a lot to go through. And it's going to take time. Um, you know, an, imp- an impatience and trying to kind of just take the next step very quickly probably won't happen because there's a lot to unwind. So do you recommend a, a long separation? Uh, you know, a lot of the people that I see, believe it or not, are separated, but they're still living in the same home. Right. Talking about divorce. So it, it's it's a bit of a newer phenomenon that I'm seeing in the last maybe five years or so. Tell me a bit about that. That's very interesting because somebody's raised the idea of separation or divorce, and the other partner's not at all ready for that to happen. Um, and so there's an agreement that there's a period of time that maybe they will stay under the same roof and go to a mediator, go for separation counseling, you know, get their legal ducks in a row and and really work this through so that they can plan the move rather than somebody just deciding that, you know, they're leaving next Tuesday. I would think that if you want to split up with somebody, living under the same roof could be very stressful. It is stressful. It's not something that many people can do for very long, but it could be an interim, short-term uh, idea to help them plan the next step. It's all it's all really about helping them plan it instead of just reacting to something that's happening, you know, out of your control. And so when people are at that stage, do they tell other people they're splitting up? How, how do they handle it socially? You know, it's interesting because that's one of the conversations that I often have with couples is, you know, how are we going to handle it? How are we going to tell our kids? When do we tell our families? Um, and, and each couple can, can make that decision. That's another way I think that mediation can be so helpful is they can actually have those conversations and make decisions and agreements together. And what about socially? I mean, it used to be, or maybe it still is, that you kind of have to choose one partner or the other. That's a very big dilemma. And people mm-hmm. are, you know, in you can just imagine in a long-term relationship and marriage, where you've had a social network and you've had your identity very 
involved in that. You know, you are somebody's wife, you are somebody's husband, you go to these things together, you know, those kinds of long-term historical relationships. You have joint friends. They could have been hers or his initially, but now they're both of your friends. So it's a very important and sensitive area of all this whole idea of divorce and separation. And what I find is friends and people will take their cues from the couple. If they say, look, if you're having a party, feel free to invite both of us. Oh, okay. That's going to be okay. It's really important for each other, each of them to to be respectful of the other person as they're going through a really difficult time. Okay, Risa Eisen, thanks so much. Thanks, Libby. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Rod Stewart, one of the most successful singer-songwriters of the Zoomer generation, just celebrated his 69th birthday. Coming up in just a moment, we'll revisit and celebrate his career. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, Eric Simonson's play about the New York Yankees is now on Broadway. Bronx Bombers stars Peter Scolari as Yogi Berra and Christopher Jackson as Derek Jeter. My character walks into a room with Elston Howard and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth, you know, and Yogi Berra. Like, there's, there's nothing that isn't enjoyable about that, just the very idea of that as a baseball fan and as an actor. Previews are on stage at Circle in the Square on West 50th Street. To the Windy City, where visitors to the Art Institute of Chicago have the opportunity to experience how the sense of touch can enrich their appreciation of art. The Elizabeth Morse Touch Gallery exhibits four sculptures from different time periods and places of origin. In London, England, Bombshells shows characters at every stage in life, from schoolgirl to senior citizen, and all of them are women on the edge. Bombshells is at the German Street Theatre. And in Paris, Erwin Blumenfeld's experimental black-and-white photos from the 1930s follow his career from Berlin to New York. The exhibition is at the Jeux de Palme. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Book. This week, singer-songwriter Rod Stewart celebrated his 69th birthday. He's had a very diverse and impressive career as one of the world's best-selling musical artists. He began singing in London in the 1960s, bouncing around from group to group while he explored musical styles and tried to find his voice. His big break came when the legendary guitarist Jeff Beck recognized his talent and made him lead singer for the Jeff Beck group. Stewart recorded two albums with the Jeff Beck group, which also featured the guitarist Ronnie Wood. In 1969, both of them left the group and joined the Small Faces. That band became simply known as the Faces and began recording their critically acclaimed albums. Around the same time, Rod Stewart started releasing solo albums. His first and second were well-received, but it was his third album, Every Picture Tells a Story, that made him a household name. From that point on, he was established as a rock and roll singer-songwriter. In the mid-2000s, he released albums of the music he grew up with, The Great American Songbook. 
These featured songs by Gershwin, Cole Porter, Harold Arlen, Hoagie Carmichael, and other classic American songwriters. In 2013, he returned to his roots and released his first album of original material in over 20 years. The album is titled Time, and it's been very well received by both fans and critics. Right now, we'll hear the title track from that album, Here Is Time. That was Rod Stewart with Time, the title track from his newest album. Stewart celebrated his 69th birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Please come back next week when we tell you about an innovative way to care for people with Alzheimer's disease. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive Producer, Moses Nyman. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program Director, John Vandriel. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.